and Brit. Brad and Brit, the perfect combination of brawn and wit. Politics, sports, and trending shit. Let's tune in to Brad and Brit. It is the Brad and Brit cast. We're glad you are with us this day. We are uh, live in the 1.30 Eastern hour on Thursday. So as a result, we will hold off on uh, talking directly about the January 6th hearings, which are going on right now. And uh, we have a a rule around here, even though uh, most people don't agree with this. There's nothing better than a podcast talking about something that's happening at the moment. The podcast is occurring that is uh, impossible for the hosts to uh, talk about intelligently. So, hey, let's talk. No, we're not going to do it. So <laughs> we'll get to it. We'll get to it on, on Monday if you haven't uh, digested everything and you haven't gotten our uh, unique and I'm sure brilliant take mm-hmm. on uh, the uh, the alleged crimes of a former president. And they're alleged, as you know. Oh, yeah. No, there's, there's very little evidence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, I have a I have a question, a, a, an either or question for you, or you can waffle on it if you choose. Sure. Who is less fit to be a, a U.S. senator, Herschel Walker or John Fetterman? Mm, uh, that's an easy one for me. I don't even think I have to I have to really answer that. But go ahead. Oh, it's it's got to be Herschel Walker. Right. I mean, my God. That, that By the way, that is the correct answer. I, again, I don't even I, it felt like a rhetorical question. But in the world in which we live, who is being portrayed by a large number of people with a willing liberal media just ready to have to pretend that they don't want to act as if John Fetterman really is perfectly capable of thinking and expressing his thoughts, albeit right now with a little closed captioning. But they must pretend, Britt, that that is at least equal to or maybe more of an impediment to being a U.S. senator than being a brain-addled moron, Herschel Walker. Are you as annoyed with this as I am? I'm yeah, annoyed. I, I'm and I think annoyed. Your, your, your opening salvo about it being a complicit, allegedly liberal media that seems to be more than complicit and happy to stick the knife in and the term of fairness and balance and all this other horse shit. <laughs> yeah. I think that's, that's appropriate. But, but sure. you know, here's how they temper. Here's how they temper it with Fetterman. They try to lay it off on Dr. Oz and, and say that, well, I mean, here's a, here's a doctor who should know better, who is saying all these things. Me- meantime, they don't refute what Oz says. They don't refute the angle of attack in general. You're right. They just kind of put that out there and objectively, and and maybe I I pay too close attention to this, but I've heard and seen John Fetterman at least five times, six times in the last two weeks, including on that uh, NBC interview a couple of days ago, which I don't know how that got mischaracterized into, oh, my God, he's one foot in the grave. Yeah which it wasn't. It wasn't. He was perfectly fine. But you know what? He stumbled over a word or two. What the fuck is that kind of a standard for anybody in in a live interview? It's absurd. He was fine. Uh, I heard an entire podcast with Kara Swisher 
uh, I, I've heard him all over the place. I heard him with the Pod Save America guys. He's fine. He's yeah. absolutely fine. There's no problem whatsoever. And uh, if if we may, can we get Strom Thurmond in here? A guy oh. who definitely was unfit for office. Well, you could say for for about seventy years, but but certainly the last twenty. Uh, Strom Thurmond on the Brad and Brit cast today, straight from his uh, vacation home, also in hell. Yeah, he's a machine. On. It is it's, it's an honorable strong Jay Thorne, state of South Carolina. It is a delight and honor to be with you. You are a credit to community. Yeah. But what do you think about, about uh, members of the U.S. Senate or candidates for the uh, U.S. Senate who might be, how should we say, it, a little past their prime? Is I'm, that glad a problem? You brought this, I'm glad you brought this up. Many, many years ago, John J. Thorman was in prime time during the Anita Hill, Judge uh, Clarence Thomas here. You remember very well, don't you? Uh, uh, y- yes, I do. I believe you had uh, what went down as the, uh, the longest, most painful throat-clearing incident in Senate history, uh, un- unable to, to uh, speak. Is that, is that true? And also, I had to burp a lot because you just don't feed an old man pizza at 8.30 at night. But they did, and I burped. But the only thing, they, they, they can talk about you drooling and just kind of stalling and not making a whole lot of sense. But when Anita Hill came out, my dick got hard. Bam, game on. That means that I am good to go. And that's the only yeah. thing that matters, Sean J. Thoman. As long as it didn't get hard, it's going to be good. By the way, Megan the Stallion, your host on Saturday Night Live, all new Saturday on uh, NBC, streaming on Peacock. So, uh, Strom, would would you vote for Megan the Stallion, Megan the Stallion, if she was running for the U.S. Senate? I vote for her to hop on pop. That's what I would uh, vote for her to do. <laughs> that's a children's right quick, book, isn't it? Right, yeah. right quick. That's what I would do. Yeah, yeah. Oh boy, so. They're really going after John Fetterman in a very, very insidious way, trying to portray him as a a disabled and not just a physically disabled, but mentally disabled person, unable to uh, fulfill his duties as a U.S. senator should he be elected. Uh, How do you come down on that issue? Have you seen Mr. Fetterman in action? If he's got a D by his name, he has brain damage. As my friend, uh, the uncancelable but soon canceled Bill Cosby, you say brain damage. So all of them have a D beside their name, have brain damage, Nancy Pelosi, AOC, El single one of them. Although I, Val Demings, I don't know, I could go for that. Go Val. I might go down campaign in Florida for her. Mm. Mm-mm. Hey, yeah, uh, while we've got you here, whatever happened to Lindsey Graham? What's the deal with that guy? Uh, well, uh, I be, don't know. Now, now don't say anything that could get you sued. Do what not is, say anything that could get you sued. I'm just going to say when he was, sometimes when you spend a lot of time in the closet, your brains get scrambled. That's all I'm going to say. Mm. It is dark and spooky this time of year in the closet. Uh. Strom, I I know you uh, keep up with the economy and and things of that sort, and I have some economic news here for you today, and I I know you watched a lot of the TV in your final years. Uh, Netflix 
is going to now charge $6.99 a month if you'd like to be on their ad-supported version. That would be a price cut, of course, from the uh, commercial-free version of Netflix. How do you like Netflix at $6.99 a month? But you have to sit through the commercials, which, if I remember correctly, you love commercials. It gives you a chance to go out and pee. Yeah, every six minutes. It's good, but at the at the age I'm at, which is dead, I can't sit through no damn commercial. I ain't got no time for that. No, just as no. as Brad Grant said, just no, ain't gonna okay. happen. All right, not 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 there, huh? So, what do you think of Herschel Walker over there in Georgia? It's right next to South Carolina. My Ill, my illegitimate son, Herschel Walker, from University of Georgia. He is a fine young man, doing a good job. He's gonna be a real asset to the uh, United States Senate from Great State of Georgia, and he's a fine human being. So, what do you think about the fact that he's had? Uh, children with four different women, uh, in addition to the the uh, the fact that he he uh, paid for an abortion for a woman who he later did have a child with. Yet he is campaigning as a one hundred percent anti-abortion candidate. Do you find any inconsistency there? Any discomfort with that in general? I pay for about four abortions a day. I don't have no problem with this generation. I, this generation, they don't understand how easy it is. Hang on a second. <coughs> this generation don't know how easy it is when you can just take money from PayPal and Zelle and Venmo and Cash App, and you can just have that abortion paid for like that. Look at this split. Sure. So your your issue with Herschel Walker isn't that he paid for an abortion. It's that he didn't pay for enough abortions. Is that right? That's 100%. 100% correct. I don't understand what the issue is. And I understand now he is a proud member of Cherokee people. Cherokee pride. I think that's going to get us kicked off of YouTube. Didn't he say oh. yesterday he was his grandmother 100% Cherokee Indian? I didn't. I didn't hear that. I didn't. That, that's kind of a new new front yeah. that he has has opened. I, I, I guess that's certainly going to endear him to a lot more voters in in Georgia. Boy, good for him. Good strategy there. I've, well, wow. it, you, uh, this is a good strategy because of this. Some white people was like, "I'm not going to vote for a black person. You ain't voting for a black person. You're voting for a Cherokee Indian." So there it is, right there. So, you feel comfortable so, going in the casino. You feel comfortable casting a vote, right there. So Herschel Walker now claims to be, if he wants to, be the, uh, should he say he's the greatest or the second greatest um, Native American football player ever, Jim Thorpe and Herschel Walker. You knew Jim Thorpe well. What was he like? Hey, good American. He's fine American. Knew his place and was very, very good. Very good. One of the best athletes ever produced by sure. this country. And we were able to appropriately exploit him and make his life into a living hell. That's the way <laughs> it should be. And that's the way it is. And Tua Tangavaloa needs to learn that. Right. In my opinion. Yeah, Strom, thank you. Good luck. We'll chat again soon, a little bit closer to the election. Uh, you are registered to vote, aren't you? 100%. I'm ready to go. Uh, as Rock Obama, you say, I'm ready up, ready, fired up, ready to go. Strong Jay Foreman, over and out. See you, Strom. Mm. <laughs> you didn't, oh, you didn't hear about that story, the Herschel Walker with the Cherokee Indian thing?
No, I, what, 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 what is that one? He was Rith, making coming so fast, and you can't keep up with all this shit. He, Come on, he makes the statement that his grandmother was 100% Cherokee Indian, and his mother, who you know gave birth to him, comes out and says, "No, that's not that's not accurate. No, he's he's a black guy." I'm sorry, white people in Georgia that may be uncomfortable with that. You seem to have checked that at the door. He's he's just a black guy. There's there's like no. There's no Native American at all. Well, uh, the good thing is that, as usual, it's the Democrats who play identity politics, not Republicans. Correct. Could you can you can you think of a more desperate, lame, um, in Herschel Walker's language, hail mary pass in the last quarter here, than to try to uh, uh, rope in somebody somewhere who will suddenly decide. <laughs> that, that that they want to come into your camp because you're claiming you're a, a Cherokee, and I love that. That's, I want to yeah. ask you. I want to ask you a, a very serious question, though. For those of us, and we're in a battleground state. We have a big Senate race here in North Carolina, and there's a lot of. But there's some people that not. Do you think that there's been, and it's not an orchestrated thing, so I would never say that. That we are. It's such a shit show in Georgia that we're kind of like fixated on that instead of all oh, the other stuff that's going on, the other big races that are going on, and we we really should take a look at this thing that's going on, maybe the thing in Nevada or the thing over in Arizona or the thing in Pennsylvania. Do you do you think that that's a thing? Well, I I don't I don't think so. I don't think that Georgia in and of itself is overshadowing Pennsylvania. I think Pennsylvania is getting the most. It's attention but yeah. but they all they all really should in their own way but <coughs> excuse me i think um, he's i think that he's yeah. by far i mean herschel walker yeah. i don't even, he's he's, you, a, you, he's a special case brit you know that he's a special case. he's really very bad but i don't know if he's he's i don't think he's more dangerous i think and dr oz in and of himself is very bad. That Blake Masters guy in Arizona, though, I think he would be way more dangerous if he was elected to the United States Senate. To me, it feels well. Like. The good the good news is he is getting smoked pretty well. Good in the polls. Mark Kelly is is holding a pretty decent lead, and and uh, I go to sleep every night with the uh, the Michael Moore thing in my back pocket, right. thinking that uh, yeah, even even in Arizona, which you know the results were pretty close. Back in um, in uh, 20, 2020, and I went for 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 Joe Biden. Will not elect Blake Masters. Problem is uh, that that governor's race is oh, yeah. the real shit show out oh, there yeah. because they have, at least at this moment, they they have found the worst candidate ever on the Democratic side. Right. We talk about the the horrible candidates on the Republican side all over the country. And we talk about them not because they necessarily don't have any political skills or they can't speak or they, they don't want to get out there or they're, they're lazy. Although that does describe JD Vance. Um, but <laughs> we're talking about their, their predilection to go right along hundred percent with Trumpism and put themselves in a position to overturn the will of the people in their state in uh, any election that, they might be able to control through appointments or secretaries of state or things of that sort. In the case of Arizona, in the governor's race out there, uh, uh, Carrie Lake, who was an, an anchor on, on the Fox affiliate in 
in Phoenix for, for over 20 years. Obviously, very, very well known, has all the television skills you would ever want and is uh, fairly attractive and has waffled back and forth. You know, she was unquestionably a liberal Democrat for just about her entire life on TV. But as a Fox anchor, she kept it to herself. But she was a registered Democrat. And and it was it was very clear who and what she was all about. And her co-workers have come out and said that. And uh, she conveniently decided that her political career, which began minutes after she decided that suddenly the news media is fake and quit <laughs> in 2020, <laughs> or early 2021, I believe, is when she quit. And then, you know, a minute later, uh, the fake news media, of which she was a part uh, for 20 years, was not telling the truth about what happened on election night in Arizona, and she needed to run to set things right. And she's now just become a flat-out demagogue, um, hardline on abortion, the whole package there. And she's all over that state. She's going everywhere. And the Democratic nominee, Katie Hobbs, who's the uh, current, uh, I think she's the attorney general, is persona non grata, and she's refusing to debate. And that's not going to work. Name me one time when someone said, I'm not going to debate you, and then they went on to win a race. I guess it's happened. I'm sure it has. I can't think of it. I think it has happened, but I can't think of it. Like, not in modern television, electronic media age. No. usually, Usually, if a person declines to debate, they're doing it from a position of strength. Usually. They're, They're really saying... I do not want to elevate that person and put them up on my level. That's not true in this case. It's not as if Katie Hobbs is, is uh, wiping the floor with uh, Carrie Lake, the Republican right now. And uh, she's not answering phone calls. She's not making local appearances where groups of Democrats have clamored for her to come speak. to. I mean, I don't know what this is all about. This is a disgrace. And so... Arizona probably will be a split decision here with Mark Kelly remaining the senator and uh, the governor's mansion turning over to a Republican. And that's bad news. That's real, real bad news for 2024, um, because a governor in Arizona apparently does have a lot of power and the ability to fire people from positions that at least uh, in 2020, held their ground. Remember, there were a couple heroic people in Arizona in administrative positions that just wouldn't give in to the bullshit, just would not give in to the bullshit. And as a result, you got a a free and fair count. Uh, You got that projection on election night by Fox. And then even though there were all these phony baloney recounts, even by the, that's right, Cyber ninjas, trademark, who were completely, (laughs) completely in the tank wackos for Trump. They did a recount and Joe Biden got even more votes. It was Joe Biden that got cheated numerically. And even people who would want to throw the election to Trump had to admit that the election was fair and free in Arizona. But that won't hold with a Republican governor like Carrie Lake, who has pledged 
to overturn the will of the people if the will of the people doesn't go the way she wants it to. Uh, mm-hmm. And we are in we are in now. Anytime a Republican loses, they didn't lose because they got less votes. It's because Democratic uh, uh, officers cheated. The Democrats cheated, and, and if that's going to be their stance, you know we're in big trouble. And Carrie Lake would represent that. So I, I, I don't think the Herschel Walker's crowding out. I don't think that's crowding these these other races out. We just uh, we just tend to pay attention to them, and because Herschel Walker is is such an inept, pathetic, ridiculously badly coached now person who just can only repeat, it was a lie. It never happened. That's all he can say to everything, right? That's all he can say. Because he, you know, and, and we're at the point where, well, yeah, there's the check that you signed. Yeah. There's the receipt from the abortion clinic. Right. And there's the card. And what's your response to that? It's a lie. I don't know. It's a lie. It never happened. Never did it. Like he, he can't even get himself together to say those are forgeries. Apparently, for the word forgeries is not even in his vocabulary. He can't even come up with that. Okay, he's just saying it's a lie. And uh, um, he, he just didn't graduate with honors from the Donald Trump uh, School of Denial, where uh, you deny shit till the uh, cows come home and people move on to something else. Well, he can't do that. This is the only thing that matters right now. This is like an important you know, we're, part we're 25 of 25 days out. You know? Well, this is an important part of the narrative because a lot of it, and, it, and it is very important what happens in these midterm elections. Um, because we, a lot of us said it in 2015 and 2016, when we said, look, if the, if the Republican party is going to swallow this Donald Trump shit, it's going to be the death of the Republican party. A lot of people said that, and I, I think I was on board with that. And so far, there eh, maybe, but if if they can just coast through the uh, through this midterm election and take control of the House, which is normally what would happen in, in a regular election cycle, the president's party loses seats, generally speaking. And if they could somehow figure out a way to win the Senate, that would be extremely depressing. That would be that would kind of go against the narrative that we've kind of put out there and people have put out there that the, the Republican Party is going to die as they continue well, to invest and embrace Donald Trump. Yeah, well, the, <laughs> the your, your point is is really pretty good. If the House of Representatives goes Republican, you know, they'll start holding hearings on on day one. They're going to investigate the investigators. Mm hmm. It's they're going to hold alternate January 6th hearings and it'll all be about how did Nancy Pelosi let this happen? Why did she let this happen? Did she want this to happen? I mean, you can you can see. So I guess the good news will be they're going to overplay their hand. Okay, under the guise of look what the Democrats did. Well, guess what? The Democrats aren't overplaying their hand right now with the January 6th hearings, which are winding up. Uh, here on Thursday, they're not overplaying. They're presenting real evidence. They're presenting Republicans testifying to the truth of what happened and who plotted what and how whatever we thought at the beginning, which was, come on, this has to be because of Donald Trump. None of these people did this on their own. Guess what? We weren't just right. We weren't right enough, were we? We, As always, it's worse than you think. <laughs> Whatever you think might be cooking in Trump world, it's it's always substantially more damaging 
and more horrible. And one of our original building blocks, Britt, was you do business with Donald Trump. It always ends in tears. It's not a question of if. It's a question of when. So look at all these people. Look at the, I mean, you don't have enough room on your back wall, on your dartboard back there to put up all the pictures. And I was uh, saying this to, to Jane the other night. You know, this, uh, this lawyer was her, what's her name? Uh, the one that was on One American Network. The Bob, Krista Long. Bob, I think is her name. Right. Christina or Kristen Bob. Or- yeah, yeah. And so uh, under the rules of last hired, first fired, She's kind of one of the last people in to join Trump's world and, and, and defend him. And I'm just trying to think, you mean after six years, seven years of this, you weren't smart enough to notice that if you put aside your career and your life to go work for Donald Trump, it's usually not a springboard to future success. It's not it's just not going to be a helpful thing to you. And in the case of lawyers, she could look at several lawyers whose careers are completely over. If not, are they uh, are they buying a ticket to prison for it? But she went in there anyway. And I guess that's another aspect of how do these people all go along with him? Why do they believe him? But it's another thing to actually join him and work with him and defend him i think that's a that's a whole different category um it in, it intrigues me it saddens me and we got to get beyond this we, we have to get beyond where the people are willing to throw their lives away for donald trump and that goes for her and then everyone who's been involved with january 6th at any level including all the people who have now been convicted or have copped a plea. They've been convicted too, technically, right, for for doing what they did. You all went along with it. Mm-hmm. You all went along with it. And I'm not saying that, that you you uh, and, and I are particularly brilliant people or that any of us who, who saw six, seven years ago that this was a disaster waiting to happen. We, of course, didn't know how bad it would be. I don't think anybody particularly predicted he'd try to overthrow the United States government if he became the president of the United States. Although early on, uh, a lot of folks were saying he would never leave office if he loses for election. That was, uh, you know, that, that, that one was around for, for a while, but my, my goodness, my goodness. Uh, we keep, we oh. keep waiting for the collapse and it just never seems to, I mean, it's just like this trickle and, but they, they well, still, yeah, the bad guys I, no. seem to be winning. We, the, this is not Saudi Arabia, and we don't just march the guy out, put a blindfold on him and shoot him or, or take him to a stadium and chop his hands off in front of a hmm, not a bad idea. <laughs> you know, we we have a we have a system and this is a guy who doesn't believe in the system. And there's nothing more delightful than the system doing in someone who doesn't believe in it, which brings us right to Alex Jones. OK, oh, yeah, yeah. and uh the the uh, near billion dollar uh, judgment against him, um, of course, is a great thing. Um, when you start to hear what those parents have gone through these last 10 years, whose kids were killed, but were accused of uh, not ever existing or being actors 
or this being a false flag operation, all the kind of crazy shit that Alex Jones peddled to people day after day after day, month after month, year after year. You go, you know what? A billion is not enough. It, it, it's not enough. Now, there are, I believe, enough lawyers and uh, enough people on this case to uh, make sure that he will become, if not a pauper, but he will have to live a very, very Spartan lifestyle. He will not be able to fly on private jets. He will not be able to own multiple homes or, or do all those kinds of things. He will have a bare minimum amount of money to live on. Um, and uh, anything that he has done to move money to his wife's name or put it in the Cayman Islands or or any of the things that say, uh, oh, a Mitt Romney might do. But that's <laughs> That's not fair. That's yeah, not a that, fair. That's not a fair. Yeah, you're right. That's not fair. Don't that's compare. Fair. Mitt Romney is an honest businessman. And just well, I mean, he's done some shitty things, but he's not Alex Jones. <laughs> I mean, for fuck's sake. You, I know, saw him, you, you I, think I, you notice that Alex Jones does look like Curly? Uh, that's an insult to Curly. I mean, you, you I know. just you've insulted in the past like five seconds. Look, Mitt Brit, Romney Brit, and two, a student. Brit, look at my Facebook page. I found two pictures that they. They look exactly the same. But wait, here's the thing. Curly died at age 48. Did, okay. Did Curly weigh 450 pounds? No, no. But, yeah. but uh, he, he died at age 48. And he had a very tough last few years of his life because guess what? He had a stroke um, and, and died in the uh, old age actor's home and, and things of that sort. But Alex Jones, guess what? He's 48. It's just a coincidence. <laughs> it's it's uh, maybe the only difference between these two. If if Alex Jones were to die, Curly had some money when he died. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I like that. Yeah, uh, but, uh, the story that broke yesterday is a it's a Washington Post exclusive being reported everywhere. We always wondered if it was going to be one of these guys who was going to jump off the train and go, "Fuck it, I am not going to jail for you, Donald Trump. I will not." Separate myself from my family, ruin my life, ruin my finances, and go to jail because of you, you asshole. And apparently there is one guy who worked at Mar-a-Lago who is blabbing and saying, fuck this, I'm off the train, stop the music, right? Uh, yeah, this is the guy who, you know, uh, did he did he actually move the documents himself or he was told to move them or is, it, I, is that this guy? I think he was told and he, and he witnessed yeah. it and it was after the yeah. subpoena and there's really it's really irrefutable. It's, okay. it's really you can't really refute it. Well, you're wrong because Trump did already on his uh, increasingly shrinking truth social, which is about to go under completely and rip off lots of investors for, I guess, collectively about a billion dollars. So you can add that to uh, Trump casinos, Trump wine, Trump the game, Trump university, uh, Trump stakes, because uh, that thing's about to go under. Um, here's his answer to what you just said. There is no crime having to do with the storage of documents at Mar-a-Lago. Feel free to stop at any point and interject the fact that what I just said is bullshit, because, of course, that is bullshit. It is a crime. You don't get to store documents from the government <laughs> at Mara. Only in the minds of the radical left lunatics who are destroying our country and were forced by the courts. By the way, here are the following words that were capitalized. Lunatics, country, and courts. Uh, to give me back much of what they took, stole. He thinks, yes, they stole. During their unprecedented and unnecessary break-in of my 
home. So uh, nice try, Britt. But of course, there is an intelligent answer to that. Uh, that wasn't it. But that's what Trump said. <laughs> Uh, Trump concluded his rant by falsely claiming that former presidents are the rightful owners of highly sensitive intelligence documents, including information about foreign nations' nuclear programs. Really? Really? Uh, the Clinton Sox case. What was that? Wasn't Sox the name of his cat? That was the name of the cat. Yeah, that was the name of the cat. So nobody knows. about. So I love it when he writes about shit that no one knows what he's saying. No one could possibly know when he tries to use false equivalency or whataboutism to, to justify um, what he is uh, rightfully going to be accused of. And the E word is really back in the, back in the mix here, espionage. We're, right. we're, we're really, we're really back to that with him. By the way, that wasn't Trump's only rant yesterday. Uh, his other rant was at E. Jean Carroll, the uh, columnist for L magazine, uh, pretty famous writer in her day. Uh, this is the woman who accused Donald Trump of raping him in the uh, changing room at uh, Bergdorf Goodman's. That's a department store. I don't believe it's still in business. Maybe it's still there. It's in midtown Manhattan or was in the mid 90s. So Trump's response to her was um, calling her Miss Bergdorf Goodman. That's that's his <laughs> insult. Miss Bergdorf Goodman. Burn. Burn! Called the called the play the case a complete con job and dismissed her claims as a hoax and a lie. You really need a new word besides hoax. You've, that word has lost its utility, Don. It really has. <laughs> he then doubled down on the um, misogynistic trope that she was ostensibly not attractive enough for him to swoon her, as she alleged. And I guess it's time to do the imitation here because it's helpful. And while I'm not supposed to say it, I will. This woman is not my type. She has no idea what day, what week, what month, what year, or what decade this so-called event supposedly took place. He wrote that before she went on Anderson Cooper to uh, stake her claims. So, um, <laughs> he, Brit, he's feeling the heat. That's all I can say. He's feeling the heat as he right. as he should. We've said that like a lot of times, though. It's like it just it just it's yeah. so frustrating and it's so infuriating. And and I mean, the Republican Party should be that they should ha they should be down like the projection should be that they're going to have one seat in the House of Representatives, and there should be there should be ninety uh, uh, you know Senate seats that are uh, Democrat. It's not possible because of the math, but anyway, there should be ninety you know Democratic senators and ten Republicans. That's how it should work out because of the the just the shit that he's done to the party and to the country, but they're still competitive, and it's still it, the, the stuff just drives me nuts. But the evidence keeps piling up over and over again. Thank God this guy has decided that he's going to tell the truth about what happened at Mar-a-Lago. Jeez. Yeah. Well, uh, they're uh, presenting in their final hearing uh, a lot of new evidence, including. I guess uh, a lot of shit will be uh, uh, pulled out there. You'll know this by the time you, you hear us or see us about what the Secret Service knew, what they did and how, well, how should we say it? Untrustworthy. The, uh, the, the Secret Service is in all this. And you know, that, that's fairly disturbing. What it is, is a, uh, a good indicator, a good and a bad way indicator of the poisoning of the American system that has been Donald Trump. 
not that the poisoning of the American system started with him, but the Republicans, how should we say, they used to at least fake it. <laughs> they used to at least fake it and pretend. But now that you can go back and look at history and look at things that they really were doing, this really was part of the plan all along. And I'm thinking out loud here as I, as I say this. Um, Nixon went along with Watergate, and they bugged the Democratic headquarters in June of 1972, in effect to assure that Richard Nixon would get reelected. They were nervous. Now, there was really no reason to be nervous about that because he had a big lead all the way through. There was never much doubt that he was going to get reelected. And when the Democrats nominated George McGovern to run against him, uh, who they were able to quickly paint as this uh, off-the-wall, completely out-of-control, left-wing socialist, everything you've ever heard about a Democrat since then, they, they piled it on George McGovern. And, of course, it was all a lie. But it didn't matter. They were good at it then. So we're now talking a quick, clean 50 years that they have made sure they have planned as best they can to entrench themselves in power positions. Obviously, it doesn't always work. Bill Clinton got elected president. Um, Jimmy Carter got elected president. This is all after Nixon. Barack Obama got elected president. And the Congress certainly hasn't been Republican all of those years. But when they can, when they're in a position to put their fingers on the scale, and that can apply to Supreme Court nominations and gerrymandering and rules about who can vote and who can't vote and how they can vote, they've been there. They have been there to squeeze the country, squeeze the electorate, and squeeze the system and bend it to their own purposes of maintaining power. So along came Trump, which, by the way, was uh, also one of uh, Joe Biden's favorite songs with Along Came Jones. It was the flip side of that, Along Came <laughs> That was the coaster's follow-up, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, and, you know, he is of the, the age that even a, an unconscious moron like Trump saw what was going on all those years and decided to uh, jump right in and switch his allegiance and switch his beliefs in time to, to run for president after he road tested his own demagoguery by being the number one birther against Barack Obama and claiming that he wasn't an American, wasn't eligible to be president, and was a, a, a Kenyan a socialist out to destroy uh, the system. So Trump isn't the cause. He's a horrible symptom. But as you know, uh, when you get a disease, uh, you don't treat the cause. You do treat the symptoms. It's too late to treat the cause. You were too late. So we do have to treat the symptoms here and then worry about uh, stamping. I'm pretty good today. What, well, what am I doing? I also, find that, I also find that people who talk about treating the symptoms, not doctors. I mean, these are always laymen. They talk about they, they treat the symptoms and not the disease. If you treat enough symptoms, you take care of the disease, right? A lot of times yeah, the disease it's, is right. – it's a collection Absolutely. of symptoms. Britt, if, if Republicans lose enough elections right. next month – well, take, I take that back. 
because remember the Republican autopsy after Mitt Romney got smoked. Yeah. We're going to reevaluate everything. That's we correct. need to reach out to minorities more. We need to to do this and that. We cannot be so uh, white, 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 white. And uh, that was good for about five days. And then they went right back to the mm. uh, the Dick Nixon playbook of of. Uh, you know, crime. A lot of that was Roger Stone, by the way. I was because I'm, I'm immigration. I'm sure, I'm, same thing. I'm, I'm listening to Maggie Haberman's book, and a lot of that was was Roger Stone saying, "Fuck that uh, autopsy." What this wait, is what wait, we do? We demonize Maggie Brent. Haberman's book. Pay attention. You're on a podcast. <laughs> no. You're listening to Maggie Haberman's book while you're talking. No, to me. not right <laughs> now. When I'm not. I mean, oh. I, I'm, oh, we haven't. We didn't get a chance to talk about this because of uh, my scheduling problems yesterday. Uh, Sean Hannity played a voicemail of Joe Biden and Hunter Biden on his show. And I don't know what he was trying to prove, but it's Joe Biden being a very loving father talking about how he didn't know what he was going to do for his son, who was an addict and saying, I love you. I love you. And honestly, from what I've read and what I can see, this seems to have backfired on Sean Hannity and made him look like a real asshole, which, as it turns out, Brad, he's a real asshole. Wait a minute, Britt. It's pretty hard to make Sean Hannity look like a bigger asshole <laughs> than he already is. Well, I, uh, I I saw the story, I glanced at the story, and I guess what it's down to is any communication at all, any, I mean any, including a, a largely supportive, loving uh, voicemail from Joe Biden to Hunter Biden, is by definition... Guilt by association, Joe Biden must resign. Right. He's guilty. He did it. <laughs> Even if you uh, call do, him I have that, do I have that right? Do I well, have that right? So if you call up your son and say, hey, uh, be at Christmas dinner at 630, and if you could bring the wine, that's evidence that, that there's complicity and that that's, you're corrupt that's, and everything. That's code for take a dive for Burisma. 